Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Anybody ready to hear a word from God today? Amen. I'm excited to share it with you. Um, I am pumped up. Anybody else excited about at the movies? You would be shocked if you knew how many people um, that when they say, you know, I've been, to, I've been to Bethesda, I've been coming now for four years, five years, seven years, how many stories I've, I've received that when I say, when did you first come? And many, many times it's at the movies, whatever year it was. And so uh, you guys know the drill. We utilize at the movies as a net to reach lost people. Um, Greater than any miracle that we could ever see Jesus do, and we've seen Jesus do a ton of miracles here at Bethesda Church, the greatest miracle and the thing we celebrate the most and we should celebrate the most is lost people coming to Jesus. Amen? That's what it's all about. So make sure you invite some people. It's coming up on September the 18th. So keep that date in mind. Uh, we are in part two of a series called Habits. We kicked it off last week, and we talked about who before do. That was kind of the title that we worked with last week. And we learned in that message that habits make us or break us. That we don't rise to the level of our goals, but we actually fall to the level of our systems. All right? Very important. We fall to the level of our systems. And one of the big points of the message was, is that before you decide what to do, you need to decide who you want to become. A lot of times we start with with what we need to do, but you need to start with who do you want to become? Who is God calling you to be? And once you have identified who God is calling you to be, then you will automatically know what steps need to be taken. We learned one of the points last week was successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. All right? So we're talking about habits. Today's message is going to be very practical, but I think it's going to be life-changing. I want to talk to you about getting started. Touch your neighbor and tell them, get started. Okay, that's the wrong neighbor. Tell somebody else, get started. All right, we, we want to get started, all right? That, it's very important that you get started. And what I, wanna, what I want you to do is I want you to think about your last normal day. Some of you are like, I don't have normal days, right? All my days are, are crazy. But I want you to think about your last normal day. What did that day look like, your last normal day? If you went to work, what did the beginning of your work day look like. If you're a stay-at-home parent, let me just say right here, that is a job and you need a raise. I thought I'd get some more help than that, but whatever you did on your last normal day, I want you to think about what you did when you woke up. Here's what I know. The odds are very, very high that what you did on your last normal day, you probably did on the day before. Our normal days kind of stack up, and we got a lot of the same things that we do. In other words, if you're a person that you wake up to an alarm, all right, on your last normal day, if an alarm woke you up, 
On the day before that, an alarm probably woke you up. Now, if you're one of those people that you don't need an alarm, that you just get up on your own, if that's normal for you, the day before that, you probably got up on your own without an alarm. Now, if we think about our last normal day, hit your neighbor and say, he's going somewhere. All right, I promise we're going somewhere. I'm not just taking you down some rabbit trail, okay? Uh, Your last normal day, you probably, maybe at some point in the morning, I would think, you went to the bathroom. Hopefully, you took care of some things there. You probably, some of you, you checked social media. Maybe you checked your emails for work. Maybe you read your Bible. Some of you, your last normal day meant a workout. Perhaps you made some coffee, cook some food. Maybe you even took a shower, which is great if you are employed. There's, there's things that you did. You, you, your last normal day um, probably looked a lot like the day before. You probably, if you... ...way as you did the day before. Maybe even your evening on a normal day, you have a routine of dinner and bath time with the kids and maybe read a book or watch a series with with a spouse. But whatever you did, you probably, it looked very, very similar to the day before. The chances are that there's a lot of similarities in our normal days. And the point that I'm getting at is most of what we do every single day is not the result of conscious decisions or choices, but it's mainly out of daily habits. Much of what you do every single day is not about decisions that you make, but it's about a habit you have established in your life. As a matter of fact, the University of Duke did a study in 2006, and they found this to be a truth, that 40% of the actions that you and I take on any given day is not a result of decisions, but it's a result of our habits. It's habits. We don't even think about it. We have these habits that we have, and we automatically do them. 40% of what you and I do every day is born out of habit. That's why if you want to change your life, how many know you got to change your habits? Because we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems or our habits. That our habits will begin to define who we become. It will begin to speak to the identity that we are walking in. And so I want to look at this at a very spiritual uh, perspective today. We mentioned him last week, but we're going to stay there uh, for the duration of this message. But we looked at the Bible character in the Old Testament by the name of Daniel. Everybody say Daniel. I love Daniel because most of us, when we think about Daniel, we think about the lion's den, right? Pretty impressive if you ask me that he had the kind of faith that he could stand down lions in order to survive. Not only was that impressive, but the Bible tells us about Daniel that out of the 120 top young leaders in the entire nation, Out of the 120 top leaders, Daniel rose to the top and he stood out among the 120 top young leaders because he had exceptional qualities. Look at Daniel chapter 6, verse number 3. It says, now Daniel 
so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole nation. The question becomes to you and I today is what caused Daniel to stand out? What made him who he was? The scripture says that he distinguished himself by his exceptional qualities. And you may ask this morning, what, what was his qualities? And we could, we could guess, guesstimate a lot. We, we could guess that maybe the qualities were that he, uh, he exemplified a spirit of excellence or that he was dedicated or disciplined or he had leadership potential or relational intelligence, all great options, but we are not told specifically what the qualities are, but we do know there was something about Daniel that caused him to stand out amongst everyone else. And if you do a little history on Daniel, what you'll find out about him, not only did he stand out among the 120 leaders and he rose to the top, but we know that the king, the king, um, he became popular with the king. And the king so liked Daniel that he wanted to promote him. Did you know that when you're walking with God, that God will sometimes have people in conversations about you, and it's not in a negative way, but there are people talking about you in a positive way that are planning to bless you or open up a door. Anybody thankful that God will put people in our life that can see our potential when we can't even see it, and they will be talking about us in a way to open a door for us. So he's popular with the king. The king is planning to elevate him, to make to make him over the nation. And, and there are a lot of people, and he, this is the hard part, when you have spiritual disciplines and you have habits and God begins to give you success, you need to be prepared that there's always going to be people that hate you because you're successful. And a lot of the amens went quiet right there, and it's because we talk about successful people in negative ways. And so Daniel's being elevated God's prospering him. God's elevating his influence. And at the same time, there are people around Daniel that don't like him. And it's for no other reason than the fact that God's hand is on him and God is elevating his life. And the Bible tells us that they began, the people that didn't like him, they began to look for weaknesses in Daniel. They began to look for the flaws in Daniel. And, and they, were, they were trying to find a defect, if you will, something that they could put their finger on to say, I told y'all he wasn't all that in a bag of chips. But the Bible tells us something very interesting, that while they were looking for a weakness, a defect, a flaw, that they could not find anything in Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, it says, At this, the administrators... And the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. 
So they wanted to trap him, and they couldn't find any way to trap him. And, and basically, they came to the conclusion, this guy is so in to his God and his relationship with his God, that is the only way of getting him to make a mistake. So what they did is they tricked the king into issuing a decree that said if anyone prayed to any other God except for the king, they would be thrown into the lion's den. But Daniel stood out. He was so distinguished that among the 120 top leaders, he was the one that rose to the top. The question becomes, what made him who he was? I would argue this morning that what made Daniel who he was was his system. It was one very small habit that Daniel had developed that had shaped his identity. It gave him confidence to be who God had created him to be. And I'll show you his system in Daniel chapter 6, verse number 10. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, this decree was anybody who prays to any other God except for the king, they will be thrown into the lion's den. Daniel, upon hearing this decree, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Don't miss the last line. Just as he had done before. Three times a day, Daniel got down on his knees to pray. And and the part that stood out to me as I prepared for this message is that he gave thanks to God just as he did the day before, just as he had done previously. What did Daniel do? Not once a day, not twice a day, but three times a day he got down on his knees and spent time with God. We can say it like this. Daniel prayed not just when it was convenient. Daniel spent time with God not just when it was easy. He spent time with God not just when it would work out in his favor. Daniel spent time with God every single day, three times a day, listening for the voice of God. He, he learned how to bring his burdens before God. He petitioned God. He let God direct his steps, and he did it three times a day, just as he had done before. What's the point, Pastor Chad? I'm glad you asked. Daniel had a habit. Daniel had a system. Daniel understood that we don't rise to the level of our goals, but we fall to the level of our systems. And he prioritized his life around an intimate relationship with the Heavenly Father. He had a habit. He had a system. He had fellowship, intimacy, and time with God. And this looks like one small discipline, but I would say to you today, never underestimate how our God can start something big through one small habit. Come on, somebody, right there's a good place to clap. God can start something big through one small habit. Never underestimate what God might do, something special, something powerful, something that impacts a lot of people that starts with one single small act of obedience. 
our God loves to take small acts of faithfulness and do something special through those acts of obedience. Nobody accidentally becomes full of spiritual strength, power, and faith. How many know they had habits in place? They had disciplines in place. No one accidentally becomes a tither or lives a life of generosity. They had some habits in place. No one accidentally falls into a wonderful marriage. They have disciplines. They have habits. They have things that they do every single day to invest in that part of their life. No one accidentally climbs the corporate ladder in their company and and they're given more influence or favor. No one accidentally becomes any of those things. And I want to tell you today, you're not accidentally going to become the person you want to be. You're not accidentally going to just, oh, I'm full of faith and power. It's because you've made a decision. You've developed some disciplines, some habits. You've got a system in your life that is, that is opening up the opportunity for you to become everything God has called you to be. In your life, you're going to find that there are certain habits that when you have them in place, they begin to propel you onto other helpful, God-honoring disciplines. Daniel stopped three times a day, no matter what, to spend time with God. And this was the keystone habit that opened up other elements for him. I want you to get this. The presence of one habit can change your life. The presence of one habit can alter your life. And I don't want to get stuck just on the spiritual components because we're in a church and I believe that when you have a habit of prayer, a habit of going to church, a habit of giving, a habit of fasting, a habit of, of speaking the word and reading the word. How many of you understand that those, those habits can produce a powerful life, right? But a lot of people, they, they, they want the powerful life, but they don't want the discipline that it takes to have the powerful life. We want our life to matter. And it's not just spiritual things. How many natural habits can help you? Let me, let, let, me, let me give you an example. One of the things that I do, you don't have to do this. This is just one habit, okay? When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do, and you're like, I know what he does. He speaks in tongues as soon as he opens his eyes. No, I don't. I'll get to that at some point, but it's not as soon as I wake up. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is make my bed. You say, well, that's awesome. You say, why do you do that? Why is that so important? Because just the fact of when my feet hit the floor, making my bed, those two to three minutes to make the bed, I feel accomplished. I feel productive. It's a habit that produces, watch this, it produces order in my day. Okay? How many like to feel productive early? Right? I like to feel productive early. Um, another habit that I have, these are just natural habits, okay? Um, I'll, I'll lay out what I'm going to wear the next day. I'll lay it out the night before. You say, well, why would you do that? Because I don't want to spend 15 minutes the next morning when I have, you know, my highest level of energy. How many know you only have so much emotional energy to give? I don't want to give 15 minutes of my day or my mind to what I'm going to put on. 
I want that already decided and laid out so that when I get up, I'm not spending emotional energy on the outfit or the shirt that I'm going to put on. Um, some things that I, that I do um, on Sundays, I take Sunday night, and before I go to bed at some point tonight, I will, these are natural things, this is not so much spiritual, but natural and it'll help you, but you gotta, you gotta find some disciplines that will impact your life. One of the things I'll do on Sunday evening is I'll jot down four to five, maybe six or seven at the most, things that I want to accomplish that are what I would call high priority for the upcoming week. So that when I wake up Monday, I know what the win is. I know what the win for the week is. And, and again, you say, why is this important? Because I don't rise to the level of my goals. I fall to the level of my habits. Some of y'all are going to get this. And, and some of you young people, you're going to get some organization. And the parents said, amen. What set Daniel apart? Three times a day, he stopped to have fellowship with God because we never want to underestimate the power of doing something small every single day that God utilizes to have big impact. Last week, I really focused in on you have to decide up front who you want to be. Some of you, 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 I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great dad. I want to be a powerful believer. I want to, I, I want to see dead people get up. I want to, you know, rebuke cancer and it leave. I, 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 I want to do A, B, and C, you know, what, whatever it is. You got to decide who you want to be because once you've determined who you want to be, you will automatically know what to do, right? Y'all remember that. If you know who you want to be, you, you automatically know what to do. Now we're going to add another piece to the puzzle. You've decided who you want to be, whatever that is, whoever God is calling you to be. And based on that, what is one small discipline that will help you move in that direction? What is one small habit that could help you move in that direction? Listen, let me say this. It's better if this one habit, because I don't need you to go home and say, I got seven habits I'm doing. Because you're setting yourself up to fail. I want you to leave here with one, maybe two habits, small ones, that will help you move in the direction of the person you want to become. Some of you, what it is for you is you're no longer ever again going to hit snooze in the morning. I don't hit snooze. I just made a habit that when it goes off, I get up. And, and you say, well, why do you do that? Because I don't, I don't want to lay there for seven extra minutes and then that seven extra minutes becomes 14 extra minutes, 21 extra minutes, and now i got to start my day in a rush, in a panic, chaos. How many of when you, when you when you live like that, not only is your world filled with chaos, but you make everybody's world around you full of chaos. And, and so for you, it may be, I'm never hitting the snooze button again, that when the alarm goes off, and listen, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I need somebody to smile. I, I, come on. I need a little help up in here. Get on up and go about your day. You, 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 for you, it might be before I open up Instagram, I'm going to open up the word of God. How about that? 
Before I scroll through Facebook, I'm going to scroll through the Word of God. Instead of, instead of checking my emails, I'm going to make some daily confessions. I'm going to start speaking over myself and my family. I'm going to start declaring first thing in the morning that I am the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath. I'm a child of God, anointed, filled with power and authority. I walk in divine health. Come on, somebody. I'm going to start with a habit, one small discipline that will, that will help me become the person God is calling me to be. What, what do you need to do based on who you want to become? You might say, I want to be a person who cares about others. I, I really need to care more about other people. So for you, it's going to be you're going to write one note every single day just to encourage somebody, to send somebody a, a word. How many of the world is filled with a lot of chaos and discouragement? So if you want to care about others, write one note a day. Let that be a habit. Let that be a discipline. For some of you, it might be, I need to be more organized. Get up and make your bed in the morning. That'll help you become more organized. Maybe you want to be a person that's focused. Start taking some notes throughout your day. Write down a few things. I want to be healthier. Then have a habit that you're going to walk every day, even if it's five minutes. That you're going to do something. You're going to have one habit that's going to help you become who you want to become. Maybe it's 10 push-ups. You're like, I can't do 10. Well, do five. Well, you can't do five. Do one. One small habit that will help you become who God is calling you to be. Some of you, what you're thinking right now is, Pastor, I don't do systems. Yeah, you do. We all have systems. You either have systems of intent, which means you decide those systems, or you have systems by default. But everybody has systems. Your system may be that you hit the snooze button four times every morning. You get up late. You kick the dog. You yell at the kids. You drive like a bat out of the dark place all the way to work with your hair wet, putting on your makeup. You get to work. You're grumpy all day long. You come home. You yell at the kids again. You go to bed, and you feel guilty. It's a system. It's just not a good one. But it's a system. We all have them. What new habit, based on who God wants you to become, do you need to create? In all the different books that you would read on habits, most of them will refer to this one phrase called the habit loop. And the habit loop is that there is a trigger or a cue for a lot of our habits. There's something that we see something that we feel, something we walk by. For some of us, like me, when we walk by the refrigerator or we get bored, right, that, that, that it's a trigger, it's a cue. It, it's something that causes us to respond in a certain way. Then, then we do the act. We eat the cake. Maybe it's good things, like this cue always causes me to pray with my kids or to pray over my spouse and what happens is, is that whenever there's an action, there is also the reward or the pleasure of doing whatever that habit is. And then we go back into need, needing to be triggered again. And so there's another trigger, and then we perform the habit. That's how habits are formed. So let, let me kind of cut to the chase on that. There's a trigger. We see something. We feel something. We have an emotion, and we go to some type of action. We get a similar type of reward, and then the process 
repeats itself. So the question that comes out of that is how do we, as followers of Christ, how, how do we, as people who want our life to matter, to mean something, how do we start a new habit? If you're taking notes, I want you to write these two things down. If you're not taking notes, I still want you to write these two things down. If you're going to form a new habit, number one, you need to make it obvious. I know that's real practical. But you need to make it obvious. We must make it obvious if we're going to develop a new habit. If you want to change, we need to make the trigger obvious. Listen, if you want to take vitamins every day, I would encourage you to lay out all the vitamins the night before so that when you walk by the vitamins, it's a cue, it's a trigger that I'm taking my vitamins now. If you want to become someone who reads every single day and gets into the Bible, then put the Bible on your nightstand so that it's there and you can't lay down and go to sleep without looking at it, without seeing the Word of God there. Put some things in place. Listen, if you want to write a note to encourage people, then go ahead and set out pen and paper on your desk so that you're ready to to write that note, to encourage someone. We have to make it obvious. And secondly, you need to make it easy. You need to make it easy. This is the fun part. Some of you, you'll leave this service and you'll think, I'm going to read through the Bible in the next month. I'm going to say, don't do that. Don't do that, especially if you haven't been reading it at at all. Maybe for you, what you need to do is I'm going to read one verse every single day. And as you develop the habit of reading a verse every single day, you might get carried away and start reading two verses. You really may lose yourself and start reading a whole chapter a day. But you got to start somewhere. That's what the message is about. Get started. Hit somebody and tell them, get started. Get started. Make it fun. Listen, if, you, if it's reading the Bible, get the, the version app on your phone. Download the Bible app. It, it's got this cool feature that if you read the Bible two days in a row, you have a streak. You hit 30 days in a row, it's going to remind you, you have a 30-day streak. And now some of you, you're competitive, so you're like, I ain't no way I'm losing the streak. I'm not starting over. I'm going to open. It's 11.58. I got two minutes to open this thing up. I'm going to read another verse. I'm going to keep the streak alive. You might want to say, I'm going to pray with my spouse every day. That's, that's, that, that's a habit. That's a discipline that I want to create. I want to pray with them every single day. But you think, it's too awkward. What do I do? It's awkward. It's, it's, it's kind of intimate. I mean, I know, Pastor, that, you know, we can make love, but I don't know how to pray with them. Maybe if you prayed together, your making love time would be better. I need y'all to get with me. We're going to lock the doors and be here a while. Start small. Make it easy. Even if you join hands and say, Father, we thank you we didn't kill our kids today. But start with something. Whatever it is, start. Make it obvious. Make it easy. Do something, start small, and see what happens. You say, what is the point? Because you are now building a system. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our system. We fall to the level of our habits. You may want to put, I will do, fill in the blank. I will do, fill in the blank. 
after I do fill in the blank. I will do whatever you want to put in that blank after I do fill in the blank. I know that's simple. But if, if Daniel was praying three times a day, Daniel, Daniel's would have looked like, I will pray after I eat bacon and eggs. All right? That's, that, that was his cue. Because every great leader eats bacon and eggs for breakfast. Maybe he would have said, I will pray after I have the turkey sandwich. I will pray after I have the steak and salad. Because three times a day, Daniel prayed. And so whatever the habit is, make it obvious, make it easy. I will do this, and then I will do this. If you're going to develop one small discipline, one small habit that will help you become who you've decided to become, who God's called you to be, you will need a system in place. And I want to address the elephant in the room. Because as I was preparing for this message, because we um, have no shame in the fact that we worship God freely here. We want the Holy Spirit to show up every single service. We want people's lives to be changed. We, we're, we're the crazy Pentecostal group you've heard people talk about. That's us. And we're not ashamed of that. But here's what I have found with a lot of church people is that we walk around saying things like, um, instead of developing new habits, we say things like, I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. And a lot of times we use the Holy Spirit as an excuse not to be disciplined. We use the Holy Spirit as an excuse for our bad habits. Some of us, we say things like, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide me. And what happens is, is that week you, you don't do anything different. You don't, do, you, don't make, you don't have any new habits, any, any new disciplines. You don't have any new system in place. The truth is, please hear me, I, this is pastor mode. This ain't evangelist. This ain't prophet. This ain't apostle. This is pastor. The Holy Spirit sometimes is leading you to develop discipline that requires you to put the flesh in its place. And a lot of times what we want from the Holy Spirit is a word about our future or our destiny. But sometimes the word from the Holy Spirit is get your flesh in check. Because I'm going to use you to do great things, but if you're not disciplined, if you've not built character, then you're only going to be able to do so much. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. People who are close to God are not close to God on accident. I've watched people's journeys over the years, and I, I see some Christians, they get saved, and, you know, they're, they're, they're on fire for a little while, and, and then they just kind of, you know, cool off, I guess, or no longer putting their faith into practice. They're no, they, 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 they don't have any works to back up their faith. But I also watch people sometimes where they get saved, and, and they're on fire for God, and you see them a year later, and they're more on fire for God. They're growing in their walk with God. They're, they're more disciplined. They've developed more character. There's a mindset. There's a plan. Again, we all have similar goals, but we see incredibly different results. 
And the thing I would say is that we don't have goal problems. We have system problems. We have habit problems. I talk to a lot of people that have big goals, and guess what? They never achieve any of them because they don't have a system in place. We don't rise to the level of our goals, but we fall to the level of our systems. As the worship team comes back, again, Daniel was set apart because three times a day he spent time with God. And I want to I show you a little revelation with this. Many of us, we have the wrong kind of goals. We have what I would call means goals. It's a means to an end. In other words, we have a goal that looks like this. I want to get good grades. I have a goal of getting good grades so that I can get into a good school. It's a means to an end. My goal is good grades so I can get into a good school. I, I want to get this degree so I can have that job. I want the good job so I can make good money. I want to take her out because I want to marry her. It's a means to an end. It's a, it's a goal that what happens is the problem, and we all have a, a means to an end goal where we want to do this so that we can do that. The problem is, is that it, it puts our happiness, it puts our contentment, it puts all of those things into the future. That we can never be content where we are. That we can never be happy where we are. It's somewhere in the future. It's always deferred. And so I want to encourage you not just to set like means goals, a means to an end goal, but to set some end goals, some end goals. And the only end that I can find on the other side of every so is not a what, but it's always a who. It's not what, am I, what I'm getting done or where I'm going or what I'm doing, but it, it's who am I becoming. And the only end goal that ever seems to matter is if I become more like Christ. That's the only end goal. I'm so tired. I want to be this. I can do that. I want to do this. so I can do that. I want, and, and we wonder why we're all walking around. We're never content, never happy. We never have joy because we have, all of our goals are deferred. But what, what if at the end of the day, you obeyed God in one area and you can lay down and say, I'm happy. I have joy and I'm content because today I honored God and I became more like God. Christ how many want to become more like Christ at the end of the day that's, that's, that should be the goal more like Christ L listen to me please don't take this the wrong way unless I could use it whatever that is unless I can use it for his glory why would I even want it some of us the truth is the reality is all of our goals all of our dreams all of our habits are not even about God but what if we started developing some disciplines and habits that made us become more like Jesus? That I can honor God in one small act of obedience. And it's not a means goal because, how I many, there's nothing higher than becoming more like Jesus. 
Nothing's higher than no job, no amount of money, no, no degree after your name. None of those things will be as satisfying as knowing that at the end of each day, you became more like Christ. My hope, my prayer, is that you will become who God wants you to become with one small act of obedience. Start today. Whatever that looks like for you, start today. Where you can lay down at night and say, God, I did what you called me to do. It wasn't big, but I was faithful to the small thing. How many know when you're faithful over the small thing, the Bible says that God entrusts you with more. Now, don't kid yourself. You're not successful because God trusts you with more because you have more. You're successful because you're still honoring God every day and being faithful to the small thing every single day. That's what makes you successful. Habits. Let's get started. Zechariah 4 and 10, as you stand to your feet, here's what the Bible says. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I love that. So God, whatever, whatever it is in your life, God's not waiting for the finished product to rejoice. God sees you on day one creating one discipline, one habit, that will move you in the direction of who he's calling you to be. And when you obey that and you do that one small discipline, the Bible says God rejoices over the work beginning. How many are thankful today that God rejoices over the work beginning, not just the end of it? God gets excited when he sees you begin, when he sees you start, when he sees you take one step of faith. And that's where many of you are today. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. No one looking around for the next couple of moments. For some of you today, it's one step of obedience. It's one step in the right direction. And for some of you, you're not in relationship with Jesus today. The truth is you're not in relationship with God. He's, he's, he's not your savior in this moment, but he will rejoice over your life as you commit your life to him today. As you take one step of faith, all of heaven will celebrate that. And so if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not in relationship with Jesus, but I know that I need to be. I want to be. I, I need to be saved. I want to be saved. I want to leave here differently than I came today. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one looking around. If that's you, you say, that's me, Pastor. I need Jesus to save me. I need him to forgive me. If that's you, I want you to, right there where you are, I want you to throw your hand up and say, that's me, I want to be saved. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. I want to know that I'm ready for heaven. Thank you for this hand. God bless you. God sees that. Anyone else? Anyone else? Say, that's me. I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. Anyone else before we pray? I want us to pray together. I want you to pray out loud where you can hear it with your own ears. Listen, nobody's going to get nervous. So let's pray together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for all my sins. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me 
and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give him a big God bless you today. So good, so good. Our prayer team and staff, if you would, go ahead and get in place. We're going to open up the altars. We have one more worship song. If you need prayer for anything at all, this is your time to move, your time to come to the altar, receive prayer. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.